Hello and welcome to Euphoria, a podcast where we look back on the great, glam and garish of Eurovision past. My name's Isabel Chilman and I'm joined, as ever, by a man who's so good at filmmaking and self-isolation. He should change his name to Quentin Quarantino. It's Roland Bodnum. <laughs> wow, so we're stepping away from the uh, the Eurovision specific in more in more ways than just story. It's topical. It's, uh... it's topical, mate. It's a <laughs> just topical anything. intro. How do you like just it? Just any old shit. Uh, yeah, it was, I mean, it's clever. It's smart is what, you know, the people, people don't often describe us as, you know, clever and smart, but that's what it is. Clever and smart. <laughs> clever and smart, clever yeah. Clever and smart. Exactly. You all right, Roland? I'm doing all right, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. Three weeks, well what two and a half weeks into this two and a half quarantine in, yeah. life i'm um i'm still feeling positive i'm still feeling okay i'm i'm doing my crafts i'm doing some jigsaws oh, yeah you've been doing knitting as well haven't you yeah mate learn how to make booties haven't i <laughs> yeah you have and uh something else as well or something that i thought was maybe a willy warmer of sorts i may have <laughs> done a not particularly great <laughs> slipper as my first ever knitting attempt, which Roland, I think correctly pointed out, looked like a willy warmer. But I've absolutely nailed it now with my second Oh, pen. yeah. I was well impressed. You've only just started like a, a couple of weeks ago, right? Like literally a week ago. Oh, my God. <laughs> Turns out knitting is not that hard. So, and I've also ordered loads <laughs> more. So I've got loads Jesus. of pink wool and I'm just going to make a million pairs of booties. So... Any listeners out there, would you, if you would like a um, Isabel Shulman hand-knitted pair of booties, one size fits all, please do get in touch. I am more than willing to send maximum of three this is, to a foreign it, country. Isabel, <laughs> this, is, this is a, a prime <laughs> money-making opportunity. This is merchandise. This is maybe our first <laughs> official Euroforum merchandise. Nothing really... <laughs> In the actual product to do with Euphoria, but it was made by you. That's that's it is merch. Made, they are made by me. Yeah. Um, well, I'm. Uh, we'll see how many I can make. But I okay. would actually legitimately, if someone gets in touch and sends me their address, first person to do it, I'll send you the next pair of booties that I made. Wow, amazing! There you go. That's, very that's out of the goodness of my own heart. Cherish that they will cherish yeah, it. Better do. Um, have you got any? Have you got any other ticks, tips, and tricks uh, for coping? With mm. isolation, mm. other than just mm. just alcohol, or uh, is it is it mainly the drink that's helping? No, I'm actually no very li- very li- little drink. I, my housemate um, doesn't drink at all, uh. so I don't have that physical encouragement of it being um, someone in the same you know someone in the same household uh, going oh let's have a bottle of wine together, which is actually very handy. So I've been having um, um, a few little video conferencing dates with friends where yeah, I've opened nice. well I've, I've had a drink but um I can't really open a whole bottle of something because I, I just won't finish it that leads me on nicely to um <laughs> what I'm drinking tonight oh does it now yeah which is a <laughs> it's a cocktail I have named the the quarantini <laughs> so excellent that is great if you can see this on the video, Roland. Oh, yeah. Hang on. Look, let me look. Yeah. Ooh. It's blood red. This is a mixture of um, vodka that has been sat on my shelf for quite a while. Normally okay. used in Bloody Mary's, but I don't have any tomato juice at the moment. Um, Ribena, that is my housemates. <laughs> and some flat Prosecco left over from Saturday night. Interesting. Okay. And how does it taste? <laughs> it tastes... Mm, <laughs> not great. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. Too much vodka. Um, well, I'm, wow. I'm, I'm continuing my trend uh, that I started last week because um, I realised I've got a crazy amount of gin in the house. So I'm just working my way through gin. So I've got... A, I'm going to do a gin and tonic uh, just... You know, just regular. Mm. I'm going to pour some here. You ready? Mm. Oh, my God. That's a lot of gin. <laughs> I, oh. <laughs> I just saw you. How it's, much you poured it's half, it's half gin. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. I'm panicking. Look, here. Here's the bottle. The tonic. Oh. 
Lovely. Okay. Oh, this could get messy, this one. going to be nasty. Oh, okay. That is, yeah, there's less tonic than gin. This is bad. How does it taste? Oh! <laughs> oh, that's quite ginny. Oh. Neither of us are going to enjoy That's our drinks. No, we're not going to be enjoying our drinks. Just but... get it down your gullet. You'll sleep okay. better tonight. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, cheers, mate. Oh. Cheers. 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 Um, <laughs> let's move on to some... Eurovision news. There has been some news actually this week. There's been There's two been quite big, big, big news. Yeah, two quite big announcements that I've got. Do you do you do you want to mm. do you want to lead on this? Yeah, well, I think the biggest the biggest of big announcements is that the EBU have announced that Eurovision Europe Shine a Light will bring audiences together on May 16th. So following the cancellation of our, our, our beautiful, beloved Eurovision Song Contest this year, the EBU are going to put on a star-studded televisual event for us on the same evening that the grand final was meant to be taking place, which is Saturday the 16th of May. Yeah. Um, during the evening so it's going to give um, what they've described it as is they're going to give all 41 s- songs are going to be honoured in a non-competitive format <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> it's very clear this is not a competition we're just singing all the songs from the safety of our own homes in some sense um, there's also going to be Eurovision stars from past and present who will be singing and making some sort of glamorous uh, appearance at some point yeah the, the thing about this was is that this announcement was slightly usurped by the fact that <laughs> earlier in the week the bbc announced eurovision come together a compilation show celebrating what would have been eurovision 2020 to be screened on saturday the may 16th <laughs> as well <laughs> yeah so either they're doing back to back and it's going to be an extra long show or we've got competing Eurovisions, which any other year would be a dream if we had two different <laughs> Eurovisions going, but they're on the same night. Someone should have, I feel like there's been a lack of communication here, uh, organised on the same night. Yeah, Very it's strange. Really odd. It, they've, they've definitely, the EBU have said that they are encouraging all of their member nations to uh, to screen some some but but to also um honor eurovision in their own way throughout the eurovision week so for them to have their own pieces of content on i don't think they meant do something <laughs> do competing on the, the same, same night as ours bbc <laughs> <laughs> and also why is the why is the bbc one called come together but the actual eurovision one uses the actual uk winning headline of shine a light and the bbc has just taken a beatles song because (laughs) music i guess like what what are they that's not anything related to eurovision this is really confusing especially in a time i get it might be metaphorical but you know there's there's not much room for nuance these days and come together (laughs) at a time when everyone has to be (laughs) self-isolated could seem slightly poor taste you know <laughs> i'm looking forward to europe shine a light though for definite so they, it looks yeah. as though they're still going to have ex- the same presenters that they were meant to have at this year's uh contest in the netherlands and they're still going to have nikki tutorials doing all of the online content um, because they'll be screening it on their youtube channel as well so they're trying to bring everyone together in as good a format as they can i suppose it'll be interesting to see how it comes across on the night obviously this still all has to be done in self-isolation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to a yeah. certain extent anyway. Okay. <clears throat> Let's go. What do we normally do? Do we normally do any other business or do we do listener emails first? Uh, listener emails are any other business. Oh, they are, are they? Oh, okay. So let's do Jesus. some. Jesus. Give them a bit know. of time we, off yeah. the podcast if he gets everything. <laughs> All right, well, let's do some any other business then. We have a listener email. Yay! It is an email with the subject line, finally up to date. Yes. It reads, Isabel and Roland, I am finally up to date with the podcast. I emailed you a year ago when I was on my way back from Mexico saying that I've just discovered the joy of Europhoria. 
I tripped over a dog during a park run and broke my cartilage between my ribs. So the only exercise I could do was walk to and from work. So I've had all the time in the world to whiz through 20 plus episodes. Which, I mean, sorry you broke the cartilage between your ribs, but we're happy that we can help. Uh, oh, that with some nasty. of that recovery. I know, yeah. Um, <laughs> then, then we enter a list. Some thoughts on topics you had touched on that I remember. Terry Wogan. I'm not a particularly big fan of Terry Wogan, as I feel he wasn't respectful of the contest and fair and dues. was bought. Yeah, and was borderline xenophobic in the later years. He, also fair dues. Fair dues. Uh, I feel his mindset was part of the problem why Eurovision is seen by many as a joke in this country. Fair dues. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree, but also the UK just takes the piss out of everything. Like, what do we actually take seriously? Because I I can tell you right now, we're not taking fucking (laughs) self-isolation seriously. If Dalston and Hackney is anything to go by. Jesus Christ, people, (laughs) stay six feet away and stop Mm -hmm. coming near me. It's weird. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I agree with you. I think that he did represent a tone of of uh sort of the british sardonic humor mm. um but uh, he didn't help with our our taking serious of the contest itself on a brighter note you talked at length about eric sade's dodgy lyrics for the po- for popular but have you heard the lyrics for his first attempt at eurovision glory at Melody Festival in 2010, he sang the song Man, Man Boy, Boy whilst age 20. We have some lyrics here. It goes, Man Boy, Man Boy, you can call me Man Boy. I don't care. I'll show you how to love. There's no halo around my head. No, there's no angels here. Man Boy, Man Boy, you can call me Man Boy. <laughs> Which, it's, it's, again, it's lyrically just on point. Well, we sort of talked about Eric in the song Popular kind of sounding like a sort of bullied schoolboy. And this kind of goes along with that idea <laughs> as well. You could call me man boy, but I'll show I'll show you how I love. It's uh I feel like there's oh, there's more to Eric, Eric. than than we know. <laughs> he will be popular. Yeah, he will be popular. One day, ooh, one day. He will. <laughs> Eric also did a duet with Dev, which is hands down one of my top 10 all-time songs. And that man boy can dance if you check out that video. (laughs) Anyway, keep up the excellent work with the podcast. Cheers, David. Thank you, David. Oh, thanks, David. And look after those poor cartilage. Those ribs. Those ribs. Those cartilagey ribs of yours. Cartilagey ribs. Terrible. Oh, sounds horrible, mate. I know, I know. But nice to know that we could help you in in some way or another. We also had some really nice tweets this week, didn't we? Lovely tweets. We had a really nice tweet tweet from ross barber smith who said he's very grateful that we exist uh which is nice i'm uh, i am too i am uh, <laughs> but um thank you everyone for emailing and tweeting at us uh feel free to do so yourself we've got lots of time so um you know fill it with emailing us <laughs> we've got loads of time except i still forget to tweet about new episodes of the podcast uh, i mean you know it happens <laughs> um this is the point of the show where i will be um putting out an advert for a social media intern <laughs> my leg work i can't be asked doing you just got to tweet more than i do which is basically just tweet at least two times a week (laughs) and you've nailed it and you've nailed it that's a hundred percent increase that's great Uh, So you can email us if you want to apply to be an intern or whatever. Uh, you can reach us or at... ask for my booties. Or oh yeah, to request a booty, um, please email EuphoriaPodcast at gmail dot com. Or you can tweet us at EuphoriaCast. Yeah. Um, uh, continuing the any other business, I would like to make uh, an announcement for anyone who didn't know. Uh, we have. Um, a an album of our greatest hits. Uh, I say we because Isabel is co-credited as co-writer on all of the songs. Uh, uh, we have an album of our greatest hits, which is uh, the greatest hit songs from seasons one to four of this show, available on Spotify. Just uh, search 
uh, Euphoria. It's also available on iTunes. Um, but what I've decided I'm going to do, Isabel, is I'm going to start releasing singles as well. <laughs> so, so this uh, season, if a song gets, uh, let's say, seven points or above, yes. um, or if they get like a spectacularly bad song, a uh, bad score, um, I will be releasing each song each week as a single on iTunes and on Spotify. So please do go check that out. I have also, I, this is how much time I have on my hands. I have also enabled it so that you can uh, embed Euphoria songs on your Instagram stories. What? So if, if anyone Shut wants to... up. <laughs> I deleted Instagram, but I'm going to have to download it again now. Get back on it. Yeah, if you want to express that you've got a boy crush or if you want someone to reply <laughs> or if you have just seen a hottie and want to say, man, oh, man, you can embed all, that, all those songs onto your Instagram story and uh, have a great time. So feel free to do any of those things. I'm going to just exclusively use Responde Civi <laughs> Play on every Instagram story I post from now until okay, the day I right. die. <laughs> I'm very excited to uh, to see uh, the result of that. But um, Okay, should we do a story? Let's do a story. It's your turn, Ooh, love. It is my turn. This week, let's just bring the let's just bring the the energy down a little bit here. Um, <clears throat> this week, Isabel, I am going to tell you the story of the forgotten voice of Croatia. In a room on the first floor of the neurosurgery clinic of the Sisters of Mercy Clinical Hospital in Zagreb, the Croatian liberal politician Vise Vukov was lying in a hospital bed having been in a coma for three years following a fall whilst descending the stairs in a parliamentary building. In the early hours of September 24th, 2008, Vise took his last breath and passed away. Oh, sad. Vise Vukov's passing was announced in Parliament by Vice President Vladimir Seks, and a minute of silence was held during the parliamentary sitting. Five days later, Vise's funeral was held at Zagreb Mirgorj Cemetery and was preceded by a commemoration service in the People's Home Palace organised by the Croatian Musicians' Union and the Croatian Composers' Society. During the ceremony, several leading Croatian mus musicians honoured Vise, who over the course of the ceremony was described as one of the best Croatian voices in the country's history. Wow. Now, <clears throat> this outpouring of respect may seem like a grand ceremony for a leading figure in Croatian culture, but in all honesty, the final three years of Vise's life were an altogether quieter affair. With much of the Croatian media, the, his government colleagues and wider society quietly moving on from the story of Vise and his impact on the cultural and political landscape of the country. Vise's 74-year-old brother described it a short while before he passed by saying, My brother's condition is very serious and unfortunately he has no help. I am angry that he has given so much to Croatia and no one is helping him today. Oh, why? From his younger days, Vise Vukov's life took a path that, in addition to being one of the best Croatian voices, also led him to be one of the strongest personalities of the Croatian spring and for decades become a symbol of Croatia. You bloody love a political <laughs> podcast story, don't you? Anything I can do political to get some Political moments in, there. in Eurovision history. Oh. Roland is all over them. Oh. Whereas mine are just like goofy idiots <laughs> someone did something stupid <laughs> <laughs> yeah someone did something dumb i'm gonna turn this into a 40 minute story <laughs> vise was born on the 3rd of august 1936 in sibenik from a young age he had a rebellious streak at the age of 17, he was expelled from the Sibenik High School and the Youth Union because he wrote in a school paper that there had been a rebellion, not a revolution, in Russia in 1917. 
what I, what I have realized is well with the uh, whole sort of minefield of doing political stuff is a lot of this stuff especially when it's messy in the sort of stages of like 1950s where soviets had a control of a lot of europe it's quite hard to tell like who are the bad guys and who are the good guys uh, yeah. and especially like even when the sometimes the good guys will say or do something that's pretty bad so like if anyone is listening from Croatia or uh, has extended knowledge of the political history of Yugoslavia at the time I do apologize if I endorse anyone's (laughs) actions but I will say through I've sort of been able to determine through his convictions his actions and his affiliations later in life that Vise was a good guy so do feel free to email and correct me if I'm wrong, but um, there is only so much research we can do, and I couldn't spend hours looking into the Croatian spring. Anyway, at the time, um, that was enough to throw Vise out of his school. In 1955, Vukov went to university in Zagreb, where he enrolled in the Faculty of Philosophy and joined the choir, where he developed a passion for singing. In the spring of 1959, uh, then Radio Zagreb music editor-in-chief Danica Markulin invited him to an audition for singers. After the performance, Vise Vukov was immediately approached by the director of the Opatia Festival and was offered the opportunity to perform in the festival that year. It was a concert held each year in the idyllic coastal town of Opatia. It was here where he made his solo debut with the song Peacefully Flowing Rivers. Sounds nice, doesn't it? Um, And was awarded the highest awards by the audience and the jury. Visey Vukov overnight became the most famous musical figure in Yugoslavia. Performances at numerous festivals were held over the following years. Zagreb, Belgrade, Split, and Opatia once more, and he won them all. Also during this time, he fell in love and married a theoretical physics engineer, Diana Bulat. And in 1962, their son, Emil, was born. He's busy. I like some smart as well. Um, I like a man who likes yeah. a smart woman. Theoretical physics engineer, I know. He's Jesus. just a singer. But uh, yeah, she's smart. In 1963, Vise was selected to represent Yugoslavia at the 8th annual Eurovision Song Contest. The show the previous year had been won by France. However, due to financial shortcomings, the country was unable to host the show. And so, as it's become known to do, the BBC (laughs) stepped right in and said, we'll host that for you. We didn't uh, win, but that, it kind of means we won, right? It basically means we won if we host. Yeah. is like, um, you know, like that, like a creepy, a creepy guy friend mm. who mm. is just waiting for your boyfriend, <laughs> you and your boyfriend you. to break up. Tell and they're you. just like sweeping. <laughs> I've always been here for you. I know. You I've always treated you well. You owe me. Basically. Oh, <laughs> creepy beeb. What are you doing? Creepy beeb, I know. Well, they did. <laughs> and so, Vise took the trip to the BBC Television Centre in London to perform his song, Brodovi. Should we take a listen? Oh, I would love to. Oh, he's like a Yugoslavian Frank Sinatra, isn't he? <laughs> it's a nice song, isn't it? It's very nice. Like, like an old black and white movie set on the Mediterranean coast. Really nice, isn't it? Oh, lovely. Very relaxing. But it only got three points on the night and came in 11th out of 16 people. And 
Call me crazy, but I think it might have something to do with the fact that the song is actually about the importance of ships in his neighbourhood and that without ships, the ports are sad, Rivieras are deserted and seagulls die. Uh, But that can also be a nice song. (laughs) That can be your next song, but in English... (laughs) You've got to make a song as beautiful as that about seagulls dying. It is beautiful <laughs> about dead seagulls. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's be- it sounds beautiful. I just feel like it, it doesn't connect with an audience of uh, largely landlocked countries. But they can't, they don't all speak Yugoslavian. <laughs> uh, uh, true. I don't know what language it was in. Maybe it was Yugoslavian. Uh, but still, most people are idiots and just speak English. <laughs> Isabel Chilman, most people are idiots. <laughs> uh, yeah, true. It, yeah, it didn't do well. Got three points. No. Anyway, Who won that get, year? Don't know, mate. Don't know. We'll move on. Uh, you don't get the background that I need to know. Well, I can say, though, that Vise continued his run of success. And just three years later, in 1966, he returned to the Eurovision stage, this time being held in the city of Naples, Italy. Now, as you referenced in last week's episode, we know that the winner of the 1966 show was eventually won by Luxembourg with the song... The the Dolly one. Poopy de see, poopy de son. Poopy de see, poopy de son. That was it. The dolly one. <laughs> yeah, the dolly one. She sounds like a one. weird dolly. Yeah, absolutely. Sadly, V. fared even worse than his previous efforts, racking up a score of just two points and coming oh. in 12th place. Oh. It does seem like he learned a lesson from the last time, though. This time he sang about a much more conventional topic, comparing the elements of nature, like clouds and waves, with a longing for his lover. Right. Well, exactly then. He did better with the dead seagulls. <laughs> just goes to show it doesn't matter what you're singing about no it doesn't matter does it it's all about the sound are you actually getting through that gin all right oh yeah it's all right it's t- it tastes fine now now oh, i've had a few sips my one's unbearable you're not getting through yours it's oh horrible. mate i'm so sorry i'm sorry it feels like a waste of uh flat prosecco, flat prosecco and ribena <laughs> done, it done is a waste yeah, yeah in these times in these i know times. got to save got a every drop of your got flat ration, prosecco mate. haven't you two weeks time when you're scraping the bottom of your bathtub for some water you'd have loved the half flat bottle of prosecco oh, that's miserable. <laughs> um, at the same time as vise's star was rising in the socialist republic of croatia during the 60s as was an increasing feeling of discontent among the population. Just so you know, Isabel, uh, the Socialist Republic of Croatia was a region of what was then known as Yugoslavia, and which was Soviet-held territory. But before that, Croatia had been a pre-existing uh, region or country since as early as the 7th century AD. So there was a lot of history of Croatia, then it was Yugoslavia, and then people were like, ah, fuck that (laughs) increasingly throughout the decade Vise became more and more vocal about the oppression being forced upon the Croatian people from the communist government which did not do him many favours for his career he caused a real stir when upon agreeing to perform at the Song of Summer Festival he demanded that all performances have their names and nationalities printed as their former pre-Soviet names in the programme In the same year, another incident occurred during a singing contest at a military resort in Tuseppi. Serbian singer Djorje Maranovic beat Vukov in the audience vote. And when journalists asked Vukov how he felt, he said, So here are all the officers from Belgrade. Take a look at the hundreds of vehicles in front of the resort, all Serbian registrations. Therefore, the terrace on which we sang is not my home. And it is obvious to me that all of these Serbian officers voted for their jock. Oh, wow. He's, 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 he's bold. Ballsy. He's bold. He's bold. Yeah, he's bold. Yeah, he is. He is. I feel like when you've won all of those things and you've become a sort of, you know, an icon already, then, you know, that's, you've got that opportunity to do it. Just saying. Just look at, just, <laughs> just look like at Taylor that. Swift. Have you seen the Taylor Swift documentary? Yeah, 
She yeah. had that whole thing, and she was like, "I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to bloody say something, aren't I?" Yeah. Basically, that was the gist of the documentary, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't. I actually, she's she's all right, isn't she? After watching that, I think she's okay. I think I she's think all right. She's yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought she wasn't okay, but now I've seen that, and I know that that's kind of the purpose of documentaries like that. Yeah. <laughs> to make like, oh, I change my mind. Them. But I do think she's okay. I think she's all right. And Kanye like... West is a psychopath, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's it. Is the fucking praise that Kanye West gets in like lefty people or seemingly. And then, uh, and then Taylor Swift, a woman who's done it all for herself, and then started. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I think that Jenna's gone to me. I think also I'm sta- also I, I should say like I'm standing up for the first time doing a podcast, and I don't know how that's affecting my uh, uh, your mental my state, general sense of well-being. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I should sit back down. Who knows? <laughs> Let me know if I should sit down. Just email us. Uh, okay. So that comment that he gave uh, about basically the audience vote being rigged earned Vise a lawsuit from the split district prosecutor's office for Uh-oh. insulting the brotherly Serb people. Another lawsuit soon followed in which Vukov was accused of telling jokes about Serbs and subsequently he was threatened with imprisonment for two to five years. Luckily, the intervention of the then Croatian political leaders meant that the sentence was suspended in 1971. It was at this point that Vise Vukov became an active participant in the Croatian Spring, which was the movement to give the Socialist Republic of Croatia more independence and to free its people from the communist regime. Due to his involvement in the movement, Vise's singing career began to suffer as the organisers of various festivals suddenly started cancelling his performances. Vukov later travelled to Australia to perform in Croatian clubs. During his stay there, a Belgrade newspaper published a blacklist of 50 Croatian spring leaders with Vukov in 37th place. He likes to come sort of towards the bottom of those lists or, or uh, any chart, doesn't he? Same, uh, same. It's always, always <laughs> on the list. to be at the bottom. He made it on the list, but near the yeah. bottom of... Uh, I'm, in, know, I'm in there, but don't have high expectations for me. Don't, <laughs> don't look at me. Somehow I've got 36 people above me. Um... Vise's uh, wife, Diana, travelled to Italy the same day that the article was published to move in with her brother. And she called Vise in Australia and basically told him that he could never return to Zagreb because the police would arrest him. In an interview, Vise recalled in those days, the news of the crackdown reached me whilst I was on tour in Australia. The police raided my apartment and thoroughly searched it for 12 hours from 6 in the morning to 6 in the afternoon. The multitude of records, documents, photographs and tape recordings on which my songs were recorded. Instead of returning home and risking arrest, Vise Vukov travelled directly from Australia to Paris where his wife's sister lived. It was there that he spent the next five years in exile. During this period, the only contact between Vise and his wife Diana was through her brother. On several occasions, Vise would travel to Milan to meet her brother, and then he would go to Zagreb to pass on messages to Vise's wife. Fucking hell. It's fucking. If you... Now we just text. It, it's real easy. Guys, why don't you just text each other? Jesus. Uh, far exiled for five years. It's like it's it's hard to put into the like put that into perspective in a story where I just said it in like two sentences. But fucking five years of your life, and we're like you know think about and yeah, we're quite fairly about a couple of months. But it's quite fairly, you know, we're like fuck, like potentially, you know, six months of our lives are like oh yeah, remember that six month period where we spent indoors. Whereas five years, I mean, you know, he had a job and he was living there, but he didn't. It wasn't where he wanted to live. He wanted to live with his wife. Five years. That's that's rough. It's long. It's long, isn't it? Uh, During his stay in Paris, Vukov graduated from the Institute of International Studies in 1975. And the following year, he decided to secretly return to Zagreb because it seemed to him that the communist authorities had forgotten about him. When he returned to the city, he was accepted to complete his studies on philosophy and Italian at the Faculty of Philosophy in Zagreb and began looking for a job. 
1978, he found a job, and in that same year, his daughter Ivana was born. However, he was still unable to record or perform any music for another 13 years. His first attempt to publish something happened in 1985. With one other musician, he published a cassette of local folk songs, which was sold exclusively by word of mouth from his apartment. It was not until 1989 when an album was released of his music. On the cover, his name was initially covered up with a drawing of a flower, and only when this release went unnoticed, Vukov finally began to speak about his music publicly. During the 80s, his daughter Ivana actually attended school in the United States, and because she was born at the weird time in uh, Vise's life where there was no indication of his previous success she had no idea about her father's national renown and it was only when she returned to the country and saw him perform 14 sold out concerts at the at the Lezinki fire hall in 1989 that she really began to understand the impact her father had had yeah that's pretty that's pretty incredible isn't that just great like you're just like oh yeah my dad yeah he's a guy he works sort of he works at this place and uh yeah, don't know much about what he did before, uh, but he's nice. He's nice, and then you see him sell, do fourteen nights in a row, and you're like, "Oh, you're all, he's he's pretty good actually." He's all right. <laughs> How many nights mm. do you think you could sell out? <clears throat> a what? A sell out what? Depends what you want to do, mate. What do you think is going to get you the best option of selling out uh, a venue? How many nights could I sell nights. out? How many nights could I sell out? I always, I always wondered about doing uh, the Edinburgh Festival. <laughs> I always thought, you know, I always thought like, oh yeah, I could win, I could win that, I could win the prize. They've got a prize, haven't they? Doing what? I oh, just go up there and talk. <laughs> no, no, I'm not one of those. Costs a lot of money, and uh, it yeah, seems like it a fucking nightmare. All those actors, Jesus, the worst. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, Edinburgh is fun and everything, but it's a shame there have to be actors there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So in the early 1990s, uh, Vukov decided to join the Croatian People's Party. It was a party that a lot of his um, friends from his earlier political um, ventures uh, had formed. Uh, The Croatian People's Party was a liberal pro-European party of the Croatian government and then he moved on to the social democratic party a similar but larger party uh, within the government it was here where Vise found his groove in later life and spent the final years of his career serving the people of his country finally independent and finally free oh that was a great story mate it's all right isn't it Oh, lovely. There's another one where it was literally like there was one article in Croatian that I had to... I've got time. We've got time. We've got time. We've got time, mate. Yeah, yeah. Except I haven't. I'm busy. Are you? You're important and busy. Yeah. Like not just with work, but between work and doing a bit of exercise and eating properly and keeping in touch with the people that I need to keep in touch with. And making sure I have a bit of non-screen time, i.e. knitting or doing a puzzle. That's my day gone. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you're right. Well, this, yeah, I mean, this podcast is, is filling up time as well, isn't it? It's, it's all good. It is all good. No, it's all lovely. Um, it's impressive. It's good. Real busy. Just doing bits in the house as well. Doing some tidying up. It's nice. Tell you what, like, there'll never be a time like this again. Do you know what I mean? Oh, let's hope not. Well, sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I was, you know that I, I used to work for, I, I don't know if I've told this story before. I yeah. used to work for Coldale um, Council's Adult Health and Social Care Department as a temp job when I was 18, I think. For I don't think I even about that. Six months. Oh, yeah. It was one of the worst jobs I've ever had. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It was in this really miserable office in the center of Halifax oh okay um it was my first office job so I was absolutely not used to the working hours no, <laughs> of no. having to be up and functioning for 9 a.m was real tough at that point 
And one of the worst parts of my job was um, that they would put the obituaries from the local newspaper on my desk with the oh, names no. of um, people <gasps> who had died who were previously living in care homes that we funded. So I had to sort out all of them on the system. That was real grim. Oh, God, uh, yeah. But whilst working <laughs> there, I remember speaking to someone who, who worked there permanently and had been there for quite a long time. And they told me, this is, what, 14 what? years ago now, they were telling me about that all councils, all governments across the UK and presumably in, you know, in a lot of places globally as well, yeah. had pandemic plans. They were all prepared for the next big pandemic. The last one oh. hadn't been since, what, Spanish flu. Spanish flu, yeah, right? Spanish flu. They had all these plans because they knew scientifically just the way the world works, at some point there's going to be a global pandemic, it's going to kill lots of people, we all have to be prepared. And yeah. one of the preparations that was that if you worked for Calderdale Council and care home workers started getting ill or dying that you would then have to step in and work in the care homes no. so this is like this stuff has always been there's always been prep prep yeah there's always yeah. been prep there for this obviously you never know how you're gonna have to react to it until it hits clearly yeah um but wow. i i've always i it was the weirdest conversation a really fascinating conversation at the time and it's always stuck with me and then when all this started kicking off the other you're month like, i was yeah. like they were right <laughs> they were so <laughs> right there was gonna be a pandemic it's it's like those people who were uh, like who moved to some doomsday preppers and, yeah you're like they were right yeah <laughs> they're they the ones in the bunkers full of beans this. they're yeah. fine i've got a cupboard full of beans i'm all right a cupboard full of beans yeah <laughs> <laughs> i found out my local store does heinz baked beans here i've been having beans on toast like at least twice a week it's great uh what were you having to have otherwise just like egg or something <laughs> <laughs> no but <laughs> no, I mean, what type of beans were you eating? Oh, oh, yeah, they did like weird. They had like this weird. Heinz had this weird. Like they called them vegetarian beans, which beans are, and oh. it was like all different colours and it tasted sweeter or whatever. What? But it's over here, it's funny. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, are we done with the story? We moved on. Uh, so we're going to do the song as well we're going to do a song have you downloaded yeah we've got it a yet? song Roland I forgot about oh, that yeah, for we a got second a song. we absolutely got a song don't worry uh, <laughs> I never forget don't worry so Isabel this week it has been it honestly has been tricky to find like inspiration from anywhere other than from what is happening right now and so as Vise did with his song about like you know I don't know. He 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 wrote what he knew about. No, he wrote what he knew about. He was in, you know, he just knew about ships and that. I decided to write a song about what I know about and what like I'm seeing all around us. And obviously, we're at a time when people are isolated from one another during a period in history that's already pretty fragmented and divided. So I wanted to write a song about how, like, at times when you can't reach out and support and touch other people. Now is a really good time to look after yourself. It's a time to support you, to support yourself, give you the time that you need to give to you and your body and what it needs. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you need to be able to support yourself in the same way that you need to reach out and touch other people. So right, this yeah. song, this song, Isabel, is called Touch Yourself. Right, yeah, I could see where that was going from the first time you said the word touch. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's listen to the song. Let's okay. listen to the song. Let's listen to the song. Touch yourself. <laughs> Is what you need. 
So promise yourself this one good deed When nobody else can reach out You know you'll still succeed So reach out yourself and set you free Days seem pretty empty With nothing to do So take that empty schedule And fill it up with you If not now, then when you've so much time to spend You'll never be this free again It's literally the only thing to do It's time to spend more time with you Loving is all we wanted Touching is what you need So promise yourself this one good deed When nobody else can reach out You know you'll still succeed So reach out yourself and set you free So touch yourselves around the globe If you are near or far A global party but where everyone stays where they are it's time for privacy for everyone who's on their own If you're feeling all alone, touch yourselves and here we go Loving is all we wanted, touching is what you need So promise yourself this one good deed When nobody else can reach out, you know you'll still succeed So reach out yourself and set you free There we have a song all about self-care, looking out for yourself, you know, giving you what you need. Isabel, what do you think? Do you think you can relate to that more than the wedding song last week? Oh, much more. Much more. Yeah, for sure. Good. Good for you. Oh, Roland, that was a lovely little ditty, wasn't it? Was it all right? Yeah, I okay. thought, in your, with your intro and the song title, I yeah. thought that was going to be a... Dirt. Toe-curlingly painful few minutes of basically you explicitly singing about wanking. I mean, but it was that was that was adorable. That was sweet. Oh, that's nice of you to say. I'm. I'm. I thought. I honestly thought I'd stepped over the line a little bit, but um. No. I think, no. I think I, that was very well balanced in terms of the actual. Yeah. Me, me, the double entendres there yeah. and oh, the deep meaning of the song but oh. with the melody that very sweet little melody nice. and actually none nice. of the lyrics were um dirty i think i i said the the, the devil makes work of idle hands so put those fingertips to use fingertips i think is a, is you know a little on the nose but you know, put those I idle think hands. There's to use. been ruder songs about uh, yeah, you're having right. a lovely little you're bit right. of self-love. <laughs> that that um, uh, what's it called? Oops, there goes my shirt up over my yeah. head. Yeah, was that about was that, that about one. masturbation? Yeah, it was. It was about was it? checking yourself in the mirror and being like, oh yeah, I'm having a go oh, on me. Oh, I never got that. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Street men are the worst, aren't they? <laughs> Oblivious to everything. I was like, oh, she must have liked a man, I guess. Uh, <laughs> so straight white male of you, Roland. It's, like, it's rare that I veer into that territory, but occasionally I do. I apologise. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm glad you liked it, though. That's nice. That's good. That's good. Yeah, very sweet. I will be, mm. um, I'm going to be critical here because that's yes, that's the purpose of me. I'm a, a critical friend. Yeah. I need you um, to be. I, I felt like I wanted more <clears throat> from the chorus. Yeah, okay. Yeah, After the yeah. first chorus, I, I felt a little bit disappointed that I hadn't got mm. more from it. <laughs> okay, that's fair. It's fair. It's fair. It's fair. But it was a very <laughs> sweet song. I was humming along from the off. Yeah. Bopping my head along to it. Um, yeah. Lovely little ditty. Lovely little ditty. Good. Really. And it's hard to, you know, I feel like treading that line, that thin, narrow line of writing a song about having a wank, but it being appropriate, is, you know, it's quite hard to do. <laughs> 
um, I am I am conscious. I think you know what I'm doing at the moment, Isabel, that I would like to address and that I would like to uh, try and try and move away from is that I'm chasing boy crush, right? Boy crush. <laughs> got 12 points right and the kind of whole thing of it being like an snl lonely island kind of thing and i think the last few songs i've i've been a little bit trying to chase that Mm. vibe and i'm aware Mm. of that like you know i'm aware um so i'm gonna try and do some more um move away from the kind of knowing Okay, comedy good. songs yeah. a little bit. I'm yeah, aware you haven't that this done is anything overtly ridiculous in quite a while. I know, I know, I know. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be good, but I'm. I also just need to like let the let the chains go, let the <laughs> shackles go, and make something ridiculous. So maybe maybe week four of isolation will lead to some festival some, uh, fun fun part two. Festival fun fun kind of vibes. Yeah, festival yeah. Ton fun fun returns. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> All right, let's before we forget, before we forget about this one, uh, Isabel. What score would you give? <laughs> uh, touch yourself. Um, cease. Ooh, six. You know six. what? I for- yeah, six. Okay, I'm still going to publish it. I said seven. At the I would start like of the show. you to publish it anyway it. because yeah, it's highly relevant yeah. for these for these times. Yeah, for this yeah, and Supportive. I would like to use it in an Instagram story immediately, please. <laughs> so still publish it. And I forget and I forget, right? I forget that you are genuinely giving scores that you are like, I'm a country, it's Eurovision, what would I give this? Yeah, it's not and just me are... being rude. No, 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 not at all, not at There's all. There's method in and this madness. If, if the UK got sixes across the board at Eurovision, it would be the best Great. one we've done in a decade. <laughs> exactly. So. You'd be our most successful Eurovision <laughs> entry in, wow. in a decade. I, if there's any time to end the show, it's you saying that quote. So, <laughs> thank you all for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, please do give us an email at EuphoriaPodcast at gmail.com. Or tweet us at EuphoriaCast. And remember, whoever emails me first gets my next pair of booties. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thank you so soon. much for listening, everyone. We uh, love you listening, love you tweeting, love you emailing us. And stay safe and have a good week. And we will see you in one week's time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.